Welcome to It's All Connected, a Marvel Studios podcast brought to you by MCUExchange.com. It's all connected. Everything. Matthew, I have figured out what Marvel's new half-hour comedy is going to be. What's that? Agent Rose. Yes. <laughs> I am I fully support that uh, move. They've been mum. You know, this episode spotlighted Rose a lot. I, th- I think I really feel <laughs> – I feel very, very strong about Agent Rose. You know, it might be uh, – it, it... It could be a way to keep the show rolling while, uh, especially in light of the, you know, um, Haley Atwell news we got. Yeah. Maybe that's, um, maybe that's what they're planning. I, I'm, I fully support that. Um, when my wife and I were watching the episode and I mean, she has that awesome moment where she takes out the guy with the, who pulls the knife out and she's like, I've seen bigger and just like knocks him out and just how much she enjoys that and how confident she is. I mean, we were just both like, yes, this is awesome. More Rose. <laughs> so, uh, I'm let's do it. I'm, I'm all for that. I will, I will watch that show every week. So if, if you hear, you heard it here, folks, uh, on it's all connected <laughs> episode 82, uh, Russ and Matthew here, all, all kidding aside. I, we, we have no idea what the, what the new half hour comedy is, but, uh, I just couldn't resist when I saw, uh, saw that bit on the episode, uh, Tuesday that, uh, you know, that that would be, yeah. be funny. I, I really think, uh, that whole, that whole squad that they had, uh, was just absolutely perfect. So if they, I, I'm hoping that they decide to bring them back, put that team together one more time, at least before the, the show ends. Well, you know, you couldn't get the commandos. I guess Neil McDonough's busy being Damian Dark and, uh, yeah. Arrow and, uh, so there's sort Legends of like the, the new commandos. Yeah. <laughs> The off-book SSR commandos. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, so we'll we'll get into uh, the atomic job here in a minute. But we just we have a little bit of news. Uh, two in a row. Uh, we're back. I think we're back on a weekly schedule, at least for now. So that's good news. So uh, the good news is the episode, the shows will be a lot tighter, a uh, lot less uh, talking 30, 45 minutes about news. Um, not much going on. A little game called the Super Bowl, or the big game, uh, last Sunday. And uh, we've been hearing about Marvel and Coca-Cola doing something for a while. And uh, it looks like, based on the Super Bowl, we finally kind of got the answer to what that was. Uh, I thought it was pretty funny. Uh, You know, just the Hulk jumping out of the window. You know, we see, like, Dr. Bruce Banner on the uh, the door. uh, And then the Hulk jumping out and trying to, you know, get to the can. And Ant-Man, you know, being there and and stuff. I, I... I thought it was pretty funny. Uh, I was yeah. really surprised at the end of the commercial. It wasn't like Captain America Civil War in theaters. You know, yeah, that was that was a little unusual. You think they would take that as a chance to market that. But I guess because they did the Civil War spot already, maybe they weren't worried about it. Maybe they didn't want to confuse people in thinking that Hulk would be in Civil War. Maybe so. Yeah. But yeah, it does. It does seem a little weird. But but yeah, I, I, I loved that. I mean, it was exactly you know, what I would expect from a, a Marvel commercial. I mean, in fact, it was more than when I heard they were doing that. I just thought it would be, I didn't really think it would be movie related, but, you know, I mean, they full-blown had the, you know, full Hulk, full Ant-Man special effects going, you know? I mean, I thought maybe for a minute they were going to shy away from actually showing the Hulk, but then he just busts out, and, and I was like, okay, good. This is, uh, I mean, we're seeing, like, two realized MCU characters here, like, having sort of a, you know, playful mini fight showing off their powers and yeah. Ant-Man like opening the Coke and grabbing that little, like, you know, drop of soda and sucking it in. Yeah, it was great. I mean, it's, it's exactly the type of thing that I would want from a big Marvel Coca-Cola Super Bowl commercial. So, uh, my my question is, Oh yeah. Yeah. That was great. Yeah. didn't get, you know, Mark Ruffalo to, to show up, but you know, that's, uh, that's understandable. But uh, I, what I wonder is, is that canon? <laughs> is that MCU canon now? I mean, Sure, you know, why not? 
<laughs> have uh, Ant-Man and, and Hulk officially battled over a mini Coca-Cola now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I thought it was funny, too, because it's like the mini Coke. So it was just like you get Ant-Man in there and you get the Hulk, you know, trying yeah. to open this tiny can. So I thought that was... It, yeah, it, kinda, it, it was it was, it was, it was a smart. really uh, yeah, it was a great way of showcasing those. And I like that. I mean, they did those. They're doing those Coke cans with like, you know, characters on them, uh, like Marvel characters' faces on them. Mm-hmm. Was one of the things they announced, and um, you know, Ant Man's on one of those. And so it looks like they're really like, you know, placing Ant Man up there. I mean, they could have done any characters, though. I guess we could argue that they did the maybe the two characters who were didn't require an actor even though paul rudd did the voice so i i don't know but you know they they're putting ant-man there along with the hulk so you know that shows that they're sort of trying to position him as you know more of a lead avenger yeah yeah which is cool um but we did get a new trailer and it was it's funny they called it the super bowl trailer but i guess it was really a part of the pre-game show it was like one of the last things i guess they showed before the game started yeah it was like right before it yeah and it's pretty cool. It kind of had that, you know, divided we fall, united we stand, you know, kind of, uh, you know, chant to it. And we got a little bit of new footage. There was that really cool still that's come out of Cap down low with the shield in front of him, Bucky up high with the with the rifle. Uh, and, yeah. you know, Iron Man opening the door saying you chose the wrong side. Uh, and then yeah. and then the, just the big lineup, you know, we get the big profile. Yeah, I, I'm really curious to see how that actually plays out in the film that yeah. they all just sort of line up and face each other yeah. in a in an empty parking lot yeah <laughs> so uh i don't know maybe that'll be i don't know if that's one of those moments like uh from star wars you know where kylo ren opens the lightsaber in the woods and you don't actually see that in the right. movie but right but uh, yeah marketing. it was yeah. pretty uh pretty epic seeing you know yeah. that many uh superheroes like I, you know we we've seen the avengers so many times and that's already kind of overwhelming but you know, considering this is just a cap movie, that was a uh, that was a lot of superheroes, yeah, lined up, and that's not even all of them that right. are in the movie, which is uh, kind yeah, of we're crazy. missing one. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it's really interesting. Well, a which couple actually. We're still missing Scarlet Witch. I mean, we know we're not going to see Spider Man, but I, don't oh, I thought know she was on the cap side. I thought they showed oh, her. Maybe she was. Maybe I missed it. Maybe I'm speaking out of turn. You were looking at that. Uh, slick new Ant-Man suit that they were showing off. Probably, yeah. I was so focused on that. Yeah, I guess I need to go back and watch it a few more times. But, uh, okay. So maybe it was, maybe it's just Spider-Man we're missing, which is fine. We don't we don't need to see him yet. Yeah. But, but then that... it does beg the question, like, what? I wonder when in the film that this whole big epic fight happens. Yeah, I'm thinking it has to be the climax, but... Right. I don't know. Maybe not, you know? Yeah. Then I wonder if... Spider-Man literally swings in in the middle of it or something. Yeah. Yeah, I guess we'll see. Be curious. But yeah, I wonder if we're, uh, you know, we talked about it last week about it getting a, a new trailer for Civil War, but I feel like that doesn't really count. No, because it was like, what, 25 seconds or something like yeah. that? It was, so it, it was really still, short. I still feel like uh, we're, we're a couple weeks away from, from getting a new trailer. Yeah. yeah. We're 90 days out at this point. You know, roughly. I mean, give or give or take a a few days now, but yeah, um, but not but three months uh, away. So yeah, yeah, it's definitely something coming soon, something big. I'm yeah, sure. yeah. Um, but that leaves me. I wanted to talk a little bit about the marketing uh, on it, and and one of the really this is kind of genius, I think, and it worked really well on the comic side. Uh, you know, back when. Marvel did the Civil War comic, it was Choose Your Side, and it was the whole Cap versus Iron Man uh, thing, and, you know, they had, I think even uh, Marvel put out for comic shops, they could throw, like, a party, like a like a Civil War party, and they, you know... Oh, wow. They had, yeah, all kinds of little doodads and, and little gimmicky things that you could get uh, at your LCS about, you know, whose side you were on, uh, and that kind of thing, and that was a big part of the marketing, and, and it looks like the film side has really kind of taken that from the comic side, and it's really smart. I mean, we're seeing, I don't know if you saw it today, where like Robert Downey Jr. put on his Facebook page. It was like from a, I don't know, Walmart, Toys R Us, Target, somewhere like that. And it was a, it was the one of those little 12-inch cat figures. It was like mm-hmm. falling on the ground, and behind it, it was it was an Iron Man figure. And so they, they kind of did the whole, like, you know, you know, one picture, another picture, and then Civil War, you know, is the yeah, kind of yeah. meme. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. 
So that was funny. Um, you know, like Chris Evans and Robert Downey Jr. have, you know, tweeted out like, you know, Team Cap. And I think Iron, uh, Robert Downey Jr. tweeted out like, uh, come to, you know, Team Iron Man, we have snacks or something like that. It was, yeah, it was, it was really funny. So, you know, that I think is pretty genius to kind of get people, you know, really understanding that there's, you know, two sides in this and that it's, it is a fight and it's the heroes and, you know, you kind of got to pick a side. And I mean, honestly, too, in an election yeah. year, it's kind of it's kind of like a smart thing to do, you know, because the country's yeah, already is... kind of going down that path, you know, from from a, from a political standpoint to kind of, uh, you know, have that mirror on the movie side, I think is kind of either either purposeful planning or just happy coincidence. But yeah, I, I, I do feel like, uh, you know, obviously, I think it's probably a coincidence that the movie and the election are happening in the same year. But I I definitely think they're capitalizing on that. Um, I mean, you sort of even you could go down to the red and blue sort of general sure, color yeah. scheme of each character, yeah, too. Yeah. So, yeah, that's definitely um, I mean, I think they're doing a much better job of of sort of like representing the conflict between the two and that it's like a, you know, not that it's a friendly conflict, but it's a conflict between friends. Right. Um, and I think they're doing a much better job of that than uh you know, the distinguished competition is, is doing with their hero versus hero film marketing. Yeah. Um, you know, and obviously it helps that we've spent years and years and multiple films with both of these characters and, and getting to know them. And, and that's not something you can really, um, you know, rush into. So, um, you know, nothing, nothing against obviously Batman versus Superman, but I, I definitely think that, the marketing for civil war has done a much better job of selling the general premise of the film and what it's all about. Um, and, and, and yeah, I think, I think that that's going to translate to the film itself and the quality of it. And, yeah. and that it's not just going to be like the two of them fighting for the sake of having two heroes fight. And it's going to actually be, you know, there's going to be reasons behind it and we're going to see those play out and, and they're going to make sense to each of the characters and I think that that's, you know, important. You can't just have these two characters, you know, fight for no reason. So we've got to, like, feel it from a character point of view. So, yeah, uh, yeah, I've got uh, I've got faith that that'll happen. There's been one of the things we're not going to talk about. Um, there, there's been a lot of, like, heavy spoiler rumor, maybe not rumor, maybe actual spoiler stuff related to the movie and, uh, you know, I don't even think we we're gonna put that like in a spoiler section. I I don't really want to belabor it too much. Uh, I'm trying to stay away from that kind of stuff as much as possible. Um, yeah, even, me too. Even though it's kind of speculative, but there seems to be a lot of meat behind it. So, um, yeah, I'd rather just I'd rather just go see the movie and find out. You know? Like, yeah, yeah. I don't want. I mean, obviously, it's hard, and given the nature of what we do, you know, we sort of have to delve into this stuff more than the average moviegoer but at the same time i want to you know i'm not opposed to spoilers altogether but i do feel like certain things especially when it comes to like big character deaths and moments like that i i do feel like they take away from from the moment when you you know you it, it takes a little something away from experiencing them for the first time when you yeah, see the film so yeah agreed and you know i mean casting you know announcements and things like that are you know that that's something different but exactly yeah i mean that's pretty public yeah. sort of stuff so it's you know it's that's a little bit less of a of a big thing you know so yeah i guess you know if everybody's wondering have we have we heard and we're just ignoring it we we have heard and you know we're just choosing not to talk about it yeah yeah some of it we wish we could unsee or unhear, but yeah. Um, so uh, I guess don't message us, you know, yeah. asking what we think about it. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, so that's pretty much it on the movie side. Uh, it looks like I guess it was just announced today. ABC's come out and said that Haley Atwell's going to get a starring role in a new pilot for ABC called Conviction, uh, mm -hmm. and. Yeah, which is what I was sort of alluding to in the opening yeah, there. Yeah, which doesn't bode well for Agent Carter. And <sighs> no. given last week's ratings, uh, that doesn't bode well for it either. So Yeah, they uh, keep dipping. Yeah. They are not 
they are not climbing back up, which is which is unfortunate um, because uh, you know I I definitely think that I think each episode this season has been getting better and better. I mean, I I last week was the top one for me, and I this week uh, easily easily topped it. So it's um you know again I you know I said this last week, but it's definitely a shame that. As the show is getting tighter and stronger and better, it seems like it's getting less and less viewership. And yeah, it's uh, it's not looking good with her, uh, you know, getting another show on the same network potentially. Yeah, and I, I they called it I forget the term they use. It was like a first look or first option or something like that. The show. So basically, if she does something else, that has to work around her schedule for the show. So it's not like. Mm-hmm you know, where previous, you know, commitments or something. So that, like I said, I mean, technically Agent Carter's, you know, eight episodes, whatever, your 10 episodes a season, maybe they could cut it back to eight. You know, maybe they could do a spotlight episode where it would focus on another character and she wouldn't be in it very much to kind of cut down. Sure, some more. sure. The, the aforementioned Agent Rose. Sure, sure. Spinoff. <laughs> uh, but I don't. I don't think it's likely. I, I think, like yeah. I said, I think if the ratings were strong on this, I think they probably would have just decided to cast somebody else for that pilot, but exactly. Yeah. It does speak well. I mean, obviously ABC sees in her what I think everybody else does. I mean, you know, they see, you know, somebody that, that has some chops and, and they want to keep her in house and, you know, maybe just reward her for, you know, sticking with agent Carter and and giving it a chance and, you know, give her something that maybe can elevate her status and, and, you know, give her the opportunity to do more work. Yeah. I mean, to me, I, you know, I guess being a little cynical, but also, you know, realistic, I, I see it as the, the network loves Haley Atwell and agent Carter is not long for this world. And they're trying to as quickly as they can get her into a new project because they still want her, leading a series for their network and you know we talked about this a little bit before we started recording but you know they say there's an option for her to do both shows and obviously the pilot might not be picked up but i don't know of an example where the same actor has been the lead in two primetime dramas on the same network i mean two shows period on the same network at the same time uh so it just you know if they're potentially setting her up for this other show even if it doesn't pan out that to me sort of seems like a confirmation that they're not planning on renewing agent carter for another season but yeah but who knows i mean we we live in you know strange times the rule book is sort of torn up this is a mini series in a way so you know it's it's possible and yeah, I, I still think we're going to see her show up in Agents of Shield. I think I oh definitely yeah. I, I and we said last week like she's the only one who seems to be able to make it from TV back to the movies. So yeah, you know I I I definitely think that Marvel and Disney um want to keep her around and want to keep that character alive in some format. So it's there's definitely options um, for Agent for you know Peggy Carter the character. But, uh, yeah, I, I guess we'll see. Yep. Uh, and the last little bit of news I have, this is, is something minor. And, and again, I don't, I don't really consider this spoilery, but it looks like there's going to be no Thanos or Infinity Stones in this iteration of Guardians of the Galaxy uh, for Volume 2. Uh, so it looks like they're just going to focus the story on the characters they have and then either create some new villain or maybe, uh, you know, repurpose nebula or you know use some villains they had in the in the first show or in the first mm-hmm. movie um and i'm fine with that i mean we know infinity war is coming up we know this is that's going to yeah. kind of culminate a lot of things so you know we saw thanos in the first guardians of the galaxy movie you know we didn't see thanos in you know age of ultron you know necessarily so that's you know it's it's not uh, right he's not in everything yeah me. yeah and that's and that's fine so yeah it's you know no big deal to to me i mean you know yeah it's not i mean i mean james gunn had said a couple weeks ago i i, I remember writing this up in the pulse on mcu exchange um somebody had asked him on twitter what what thanos's role in the movie was and he said something along the lines of like very little or or thanos isn't really an issue so he said it in a way that wasn't like he's not in it it was more like he's not really an issue. So I'm wondering now that he said he's not in it, 
if he somehow like his presence maybe still plays a role if you know what i mean like oh yeah sure sure he's still sort of um i would not be surprised if he's you know sort of referenced in some ways or or maybe he's behind something that um you know maybe whatever the main thread is in the film like he's tangentially behind it or something like that because they definitely want to you know keep him around as like a sort of cosmic threat so i wouldn't be surprised if he's you know maybe doesn't actually show up in the film but he sort of like his presence is felt in it yeah so that's that's probably what i think it is and yeah with the infinity stones we've got two left guardians you know already dealt pretty heavily with one so i think it's safe to assume that um you know one of them is going to be in doctor strange and then the final one will be maybe not even until infinity war uh, yeah that's what i'm thinking yeah i think that might be the fi- the sort of thrust for the first infinity war is uh is finding that final stone yeah so which uh yeah i mean that makes sense we shall see filming just started so uh so yeah things can change but but yeah but uh yeah and so i mean so far with both avengers movies it's just been like an in credits thing with them anyway so you know who knows maybe pops up in an in credit scene or something yeah um so yeah so that's the news uh like i said not much going on uh the, the netflix all quiet on the netflix front uh we haven't really heard anything uh, yeah, I know song. another casting video for Iron Fist popped up, another like actor, um, but th- nothing really to it. Yeah. But um, yeah, I, I really do think that I, I think we'll probably get a Daredevil, another Daredevil trailer very soon since we're about a month out from that. Yeah, because we haven't really um, had a, a real Daredevil trailer for season two, like footage or. Yeah, that's true. The you one know. they put out was like a little teaser. So, and and they usually wait till about a month beforehand to do like their yeah. trailers for their Netflix show. So, it definitely seems like um this weekend or maybe the following week will be a month out. So, yeah. Uh that that would be a good time and and yeah, I, I really think with Iron Fist we we're probably not going to get anything until after Daredevil comes out cuz it's just, you know. Yeah, I think they just want to kind of focus on that. Sure. All right, so Agent Carter Season 2, Episode 5. We're at the halfway point after, after this episode. Uh, mm-hmm. The Atomic Job, which I thought was a cool, cool title. Yeah. Um, it was it was a good episode overall. I mean, I really, you know, it was, they kind of, I think the show does well when it kind of tries to play the heist thing, you know, where, you know, Peggy's kind of assuming different identities and, you know, they're kind yeah, of all God, sne- she is incredible around. at those uh american accents yeah yeah so fun every time she does that yeah with the wig and the and the lift i don't know if do you know the the comic writer uh kelly sue DeConnick? yeah mm-hmm. she looked a lot like kelly sue DeConnick with the the straight bangs and the red hair and the big like you know red uh you know pouty lip lip thing going on oh i haven't actually i don't actually know what she looks like but interesting i'll have to look that up yeah i'll have to maybe i'll put it on the facebook page i'll, I'll find a picture of kelly sue DeConnick and okay and, yeah and peggy carter and put them side by side but there's there's definitely a resemblance at least in my mind so i thought that was kind of funny um yeah that whole scene was just great <laughs> her knocking uh hugh yeah, you know ray wise's character out over and over yeah just yeah just constantly <laughs> mind wipe basically mind wiping him uh, over yeah. and over and over again. Uh, yeah, I mean they they were really like going for the humor in this one and, and the sort of wacky antics. Which yes, I, I, I really think is is a strong suit of the show. So I was I was happy that it didn't get too you know they're not getting too dour or right. anything like that. At least at least not uh, yet. Right. So yeah, it was it was a lot of fun. Um, yeah, uh, especially you know Rose and and the whole gang joining in on the action that was there was obviously a lot of humor from all that yeah yeah it's kind of it was interesting too we got a little bit more of susa and his girlfriend um slash Mm -hmm. fiance um yeah i that was uh that was rough (laughs) yeah um i didn't realize and maybe i missed that in the in the beginning in in the in the premiere that she was uh she was his therapist. Yeah, I didn't remember that either. Yeah, 
Maybe it was sort of like said quickly when she was introduced. Uh, you know, back in the the first couple episodes. But yeah, I, I didn't remember that either. And it's funny, I was trying to figure out where I knew that actress from that plays his girlfriend. And it's Sarah Bolger. And she was in that show, Enter the Badlands. I don't know if you watched Enter the Badlands. No, I, I watched the pilot because I really wanted to like it, but I, it didn't quite grab me. Man, I really liked <laughs> the Badlands. Yeah, okay, well, I, I probably need a. It was one of those things where I was like, well, I'll put this on the back burner. I'll go back to it because yep. uh, uh, it was an interesting premise. And yeah, it's one of those things for me. Like, if you can not to go too far off the topic, but if you could do really, really good martial arts and, and mm-hmm. action, like the story stuff for me can suffer, and that's okay. Like, I'm I'm okay with that. Yeah, I mean that that helped me through a lot of episodes of Arrow for sure. So. Yeah, yeah. Uh, um, okay, well, I'll have to go back and check that out. But yeah, so she was in. She had a pretty prominent role in that show, and then she was also she's been in Once Upon a Time, which I guess makes sense. Another ABC property. Right, right. She played Princess Aurora. So yeah, I've definitely seen her before, and I just like I couldn't put my finger on it when watching her. But uh, yeah, but yeah. So we find out she's like a you know. I guess a nurse slash physical therapist. I don't, I, you know, uh, yeah, or a physical therapist that became a nurse or you know whatever. But but basically, that's kind of how the two of them got. Yeah, to maybe know those each other. roles weren't quite as defined in the forties. I'm not sure. <laughs> yeah, physical therapy. Maybe it was just whoever does it. Yeah, whoever it wasn't do a it, specialty it. like it is. is right, right. Probably not. Um, but yeah, I mean, when they the the whole like proposal scene with him and Violet, I just. Um, yeah, I just turned to my wife and I was like, "Poor Violet," and I didn't think it would happen so quickly by the end of the episode. But uh, I was just like, "Oh, they're building her up. She's uh, he's proposing, but clearly he's uh, still smitten with Peggy." So I was just like, "That's yeah." The more we get to know her and get to like her, it's all just going to come crashing down. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and uh, yeah, it didn't it didn't take uh, much longer for uh, the other shoe to drop? Yeah. We got uh, a physical Doctor Wilkes this episode. He he was able to kind of take a, take a corporeal form instead of just being a basically a ghost for most of the episode, at least. Yeah, so I guess the zero matter uh, has has some more interesting properties. Yeah, it's kind of weird. It's like it's one of those things like it does both. Like exposure to it makes you invisible, but absorbing it makes you physical. You know, it's just kind of like, yeah, it's kind of like yeah. shooting the blast door, right? You shoot the blast door to close the blast door and you shoot the blast door controls to open the blast door. Right. <laughs> Whatever you need, it whatever you need to it to do, do that's what it does. It'll do. Yeah. Yeah. I, they didn't really, um, they didn't really do it in this episode, but I, I wonder if he'll have a similar thing like Whitney where, you know, obviously it's got to be pretty frustrating the state he's in. And now he knows that if he can just absorb this zero matter, you know, that he can be, you know, corporeal again. So I'm, I, I'm sort of uh, wondering if he's going to start getting a little bit of a craze, you know, to, to get more of this stuff. Yeah. I thought maybe that would, would happen in this episode, but he seemed to sort of handle the news pretty well when um, they found out that, you know, Whitney had, removed all the zero matter from Jane Scott's body. Yeah. And that was kind of cool. Cause they haven't really know, you know, so it was an interesting scene. They had that body part and it was kind of weird that, you know, when, when Wilkes was around it, the dark matter just kind of sucked out of the, out of the body and then, mm-hmm. and then threw it and he absorbed it. Uh, and then, you know, when they, when they're kind of, when they get to the, um, when, when they're, when they get to, um, like the cold storage yeah, facility. Yeah, yeah, to go after her body because because Wilkes is like, okay, I think if I can just suck all this stuff out of her, then it, it'll probably you know cure me permanently. And that's when they come across Whitney uh, and and Calvin and realize that she's been exposed to it as well. Like it's not it's not just him. Um, and then she you know sucks all of it out of out of the body. It, you know, it doesn't get, yeah. you know, so he doesn't even have an opportunity at first. I thought that, that, that she was going to heal herself that way. I like, did too. Like I, yeah. th- I thought the, the scar, you know, where the, where we can kind of see the crack on her face. I thought that was, I thought it went away at first. And then when she kind of moved her hair again, I, yeah, saw I keep forgetting there. which side of her face it's on, it's on the but, left side. Yeah. Left side. Yeah. But 
I, I did think that was a little weird because, you know, we've seen what she can do already. And we saw that exposure to the zero matter made Wilkes whole again. So I was sort of expecting they didn't really show us what happened when she absorbed that. Right. When she was able to absorb it, but that was it. I, I, the only thing I wonder, and again, we talked about this a little bit last week, is the whole zero matter, dark matter uh, stuff. It, different heroes or villains have been able to manifest it differently, at mm-hmm. least in the comic side. And I wonder if that's kind of where they're going. Like Wilkes, his exposure to it does, you know, one thing or one set of things and Whitney's exposure to it does something different. So they're kind of, you know, this, right. this, this stuff is kind of unpredictable. Uh, yeah. Which I yeah. Like. yeah, I do too. I, I was just wondering, it just seems like that moment of her absorbing that, you know, every time she's absorbed a person or yes. the rats, it's, you know, made the thing increase more, but that was absorbing regular people into the zero matter. So right. when she absorbed the zero matter into her, I was, I don't know, expecting the lights to flicker or her to just some sort of indication that it did something. But yeah, it, yeah. It, or I, I know, don't know her, if she, she her got the idea. Hold her hand up and, you know, like a big black blob, you know, yeah, con- right. I, or something. Yeah. It, I just wasn't clear as to what that did. I mean, she can absorb it. So I guess that's a thing, but. Yeah, it just sort of felt like it was a little anticlimactic. Like she absorbs all this zero matter. We've never seen her do that before. Uh, so I was sort of expecting something to happen. And But she just says the thing about the atomic bomb. So I don't know if that was her somehow getting information from Jane Scott or if it was just her separately being like, I need more of this. We need the atomic bomb to recreate the accident you know so yeah or maybe she has you know she's going to use the power i I, yeah i have no idea where they're where they're going with that right they sort of left that hanging a little bit what exactly it does when she absorbs it so that was probably my only critique of the episode is that that felt a little anticlimactic in that moment considering you know that was a lot of uh, sort of power she was taking in and every other time she's sort of used her abilities it's been like a big deal right so but yeah, I, I mean, Peggy and and the gang—they didn't—they'd only heard it over the radio last episode. So I guess this is the first time that they've—they know that she has some sort of, you know, supernatural abilities. Right. Yeah, and they couldn't tell based over the radio like what was going on. They they knew right. there was you know things started to get escalate and get out of hand, and then you know then boom it it kind of cut out. So they didn't really yeah. get a good sense of what was going on. Yeah, and, I'm and again, sure. I, I think I think this is where the setting really comes into play. I kind of it, it's funny in this age nowadays of hyper surveillance, cell phones, spying devices, all this kind of stuff. Mm. I really appreciate when we see something like when like when I watch The Americans. Uh, I don't know if you watch The Americans on FX. I haven't. But, no. Um, but you know, it takes place during the during the Cold War. It's about Russian spies, right? Sleeper spies being in the U.S. And it's just really interesting to see, like, how people have to operate when they can't just rely on picking up a cell phone or, right, right, you know, or just, you know, planting a small bug or, you know, whatever. Uh, so, it's, it, yeah. again, same kind of thing. You know, they're relying on what they hear and what they hear isn't that great. You know, there's no video surveillance and things like that. So, yeah, I, I really appreciated that scene last week and that, you know, they know something's up, but they're still left, you know, in the dark to right. to a great deal yeah because that can be such an easy out for tv shows nowadays sure just yeah like, i mean if this is agents of shield you know they've got the whole place wired up you know <laughs> oh exactly or they can also like hack into every camera in the world right you know at the snap of their fingers which you know yeah that's just become such a sort of convenient thing and i mean every it's not just agents of shield like you know arrow does the exact oh, sure. same thing CIS, every weekend. you know csi yeah oh you know, yeah, yeah i'm sure every every show it's just like oh yeah no big deal that's that's totally easy whereas you know, in like uh, Dark Knight, that was like a big <laughs> plot point. The idea sure, of hacking sure. into everybody's cell phones and stuff. And a couple years later, it's just like, you know, standard procedure. Right. So, right. yeah, I, I I think the show has a lot of advantages in, in being set. And, you know, in a time where espionage is a big deal, but, you know, there's way, way, way less tools with which to do it like we have now. So right. I, I think the show's done a great job of of having fun with that and you know, building their plots around that. I loved the I think maybe my favorite part of the episode was the banter between Jarvis and Peggy 
when they were talking about like cracking the safe to get into the vault or whatever to it was like yeah well can yeah. we just drill through the thing oh yeah then you'll you'll let loose the you know the the acid which will break the lock which will kill yeah. us <laughs> it's like well can't we just drill through the floor yeah then we'll hit the electrical this and then it'll shock us and kill us it was just like every time she mentioned yeah. something jarvis is like yeah that'll work but then this happens and then we're both dead yeah it was um again it's it's just like it's great that you know if peggy or if agent carter is done then Haley atwell still has you know a home on tv but unfortunately we're losing you know one of the best uh tv pairings in a long time yeah between uh peggy and jarvis and it it would be a shame if they don't ever get a chance to work together again in some capacity because they just have such great chemistry and they just everything between them is just so enjoyable yeah i i totally agree yeah. And I, I thought for a minute their solution was actually going to be um, somehow using Jason. I don't know how, but yeah, I was yeah. just like, oh, he can pass through walls, right? Maybe, I don't know, maybe they're going to like bring him into the action somehow. But I, I guess I don't really know how they would uh, they would work that out. I thought it was odd that Roxxon has two nuclear weapons in its facility, but <laughs> yeah, uh, but you kind of got to go with it. <laughs> Um, yeah, that was a little weird. It's like, well, they built them so they could hang on to them. And I was like, I don't think that's how that works. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty sure the government uh, takes a hold of all of those. I don't think companies, you know, some corporation just gets to like hang on to a couple of nukes and uh, in, a, in a, a loosely guarded. I mean, I know they went through the whole thing with the, you know, the elevator and the key and all that. But there was what, like three guards in the yeah. whole place, maybe in 1978 four. or something like that, when the technology is a little more rampant. But in, in 1947, when there's only like three of them in existence in the world, probably yeah. not. Yeah, um, I don't think so. But anyway, a it's, few years after the war. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, that's uh, it's one of those things where that's sort of like uh, it, that's somehow the least. Yeah, I mean, important the, part I, of the show. Yeah, know? I'm totally, I'm totally uh, uh, nitpicking it for nitpick's sake. No, uh, I mean it's 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 fair. I mean, you know, it, you know, a show does have to operate based on some sort of like internal logic, and uh, yeah, I mean, it is a little uh, convenient that they, you know, that they were going after that and all that for a plot device. But um, you know, yeah, they 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 made it work uh, well enough. And the the hijinks uh, more than made up for the plot holes. Yeah, I thought it was cool bringing Doctor Samberly along, you know, and bringing Ro- you know bringing Rose along, and just that whole. It, it was almost kind of funny when they did the slow mo walk. Yeah, you definitely. Know? And then it was like, oh wait, I parked the car in the wrong spot. You know, it was just like <laughs> yeah. it was really cool to take this like dramatic moment. They're playing this '40s music, and and uh, yeah. You know, and then they turned it into kind of like a, you know, yeah, we realized that was ridiculous, so we're just going to kind yeah. of poke fun at it. So I, I, I very tongue in cheek. I like that. Yeah, yeah, but I, I, I appreciated the sort of letting those characters be the heroes. You know, yes, you yes. have sort of the older, overweight secretary. You know, two women, a guy with a, you know, half a crutch you know, a butler and a bumbling scientist, you know, yeah. and, but they showed how, you know, maybe aside from the bumbling scientist who, you know, didn't do the greatest job in the field, but, you know, everybody, there's nothing laughable about them when they're in the field, you know, they were all able to, you know, pull through and, um, and do just as well as, you know, anybody else. So I, I really appreciate the show, you know, doing that and, and focusing on those characters instead of having some sort of, you know, you know, crazy, muscly action star type yeah. of guy. Yeah, yeah. You know? It's 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 more natural. It's more you know just yeah. Like yeah. These are average and, people. Not everybody is you know six foot two. You know, one hundred eighty five pounds, and you know, right. You know, rock solid. So, right. And I, I do like that we all... we got a little bit of a breather this episode from kind of the the office politics side of it. You know, there's no Thompson. There was no yeah. Red, you know Red Foreman didn't show up this episode. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, again, the show, I mean, I hate to say it, but the show just functions better without Thompson around. Yeah. yeah. Um, he just, again, it's just a the product of the the way the tone shifted a bit. I mean, he was he was really integral to the whole, you know, her fighting for her, you know, place in a man's world storyline. But that's uh, that's, you know, pretty much done and gone now in this new season, which is which is great. I mean, 
we get it and it's still present and I appreciate it being referenced, you know, sometimes, but at the same time, it's just like you, you want to sort of move past it and just accept that like, you know, yeah, she might not have that easy of a time if this were really the forties, but we want to see her, you know, just be, be a badass and not have to worry about all that as much. So, yeah. Yeah. And, and so then it's sort of hard to figure out, you know, what Thompson does, especially cause he's over in New York and it's just like, yeah, it's just, uh, He'll come back, but oh, sure, uh, yeah. the show definitely moves uh, smoother without him and and without uh, I'm not a bad guy red for him. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Which, again, they sort of referenced, you know, last week we were saying it's amazing that they didn't connect the dots, but then they say, you know, the whole thing with getting the team together was that they couldn't trust anybody else in the SSR. Yeah, yeah. So they, again, it's like they, they're almost there. <laughs> Like, they know that there's somebody on the inside of the SSR, but they can't quite figure out that it's uh, Vernon Masters. So yeah. that I still think, and I don't know why I think this, and I hope it's this way, because I just think if, if Thompson is Thompson and that's just, and he's just one note, I, I think maybe that'll disappoint me a little bit. I'm still hoping yeah. that by the end of the season we find out that, like, maybe him and Peggy are, have been cahoots kind of the whole time and... You know, he that was just great. using that as a cover to kind of get to the root of what's going on with, you know, with Vernon Masters and, you know, and stuff that, like that. That would be a fantastic surprise. Uh, I would I would have not seen that coming. And, and that would be smart from the writer's standpoint that they were both sort of like playing along. And it would explain why his character sort of backs backslid so much. Right. From like the progress he made last season, which has been one of the big complaints I've seen from other, you know, critics. Yeah, yeah, is absolutely. that it, it just doesn't make sense that all of a sudden he he was sort of, you know, him and Peggy came to an understanding, and he seemed to have grown as a character, and then he's kind of just back to exactly who he was. So that that would be amazing, but um, you know, I <laughs> yeah, I don't know. We'll see. Yeah, I, I don't want to say that I don't have faith that they could do that because I, I definitely do have faith that they could do that, but. uh that's an interesting uh, thought, and I I would very much like that to be the case. Yeah. But then they have the big the big fight with uh, with Peggy and Whitney, and she grabs her and starts. You could kind of see the kind of that zero matter thing infecting yeah. her hand, and she's able to kind of get away from it. Then she has her big fall. Um, yeah, man, that was, um, that was rough. I, yeah, I I definitely thought they were going to sort of like I, I almost thought that was the episode was going to end there and that would have been a cliffhanger. Yeah, that would have been uh, that would have been pretty rough. But I guess they sort of uh, she got patched up pretty quick. But that yeah, that was still uh, that was pretty gnarly rebar right through the side. Yeah. And what's interesting is they didn't she was like, no, I can't take her to the hospital. And I was like, well, and I part of I guess me was, was like, well, why wouldn't they? Why wouldn't they just? guard her at the hospital and i don't know yeah. maybe maybe because, because they were... didn't know who to trust yeah i i kind of softened I, I it's funny i had it in my notes and then i kind of thought about it a little bit and i was like well you know they went on this whole thing because they couldn't tell anybody at the ssr and i guess if she shows up at a hospital then they'll know you know that they were up to something and right and she's still sort of playing the whole vacation thing but it, yeah. it's it is a loot i mean that's another little nitpick it is a loose thing because at the same time she still does work for a government agency she's an agent right she got hurt i mean it, it's not like she's hiding you know right. she's not like on the run and right can't go to the hospital i mean it wouldn't i don't know i mean even if somebody was like where were you it's like i, I don't know it, it does seem like a stretch like how how could they possibly be like aha you've got an injury you must have yeah. been stealing atomic you <laughs> atomic know bombs. bombs from rocks on like yeah i don't know it's yeah, that was a. It, it, it seemed like kind of a little forced way just to get Susa and Peggy and Violet all in the same um, room together, so that yeah, you know, he could fear for her life and reveal his feelings for her and all that. So, which again was like, you know, little plot hole maybe, but it, you know, it was sort of worth it because that moment needed to happen. I thought to me it just felt really for like that to me felt forced. I was like, well, oh really? She's- she seemed to pick up on, like I didn't think that Sousa really did that much to lead yeah. her on to make her think that oh he's in love with her and that's why he you know he ran away from New York to get a, you know to to get away from like it just seemed like she she lo- leached onto that really fast and I didn't think there was enough to do like to me it's like okay 
he's the station, basically the station chief for Los Angeles. She's an employee. Um, you know, they've they've been working together for a while. She's gravely hurt. Of course, he's going to be concerned. I, yeah. I, no, I, 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 I get what you're saying. I, I definitely think it's. Yeah, I, I think it was sort of um, that that whole little sequence did feel a little. Uh, yeah, f- like plot mandated, you know, forced to to get that moment. But at the same time, I could sort of forgive it because I've, you know, I've seen that moment happen in a lot of shows where sure. the the reveal is just like intuition almost, you know, like one character just picks up on the emotions of another character. Or maybe it's I guess you could argue maybe that it was sort of staring her in the face the whole time because they're not exactly I think they've kind of Peggy and Suits have kind of done a crummy job of of hiding the way they feel like even when. She's like, oh, what's going on in the office? And they're like, oh, he just got engaged. And she's like, oh, I'm happy. You know, yeah, yeah. To me, looking at their their faces, like it's it's kind of obvious that something's going on. So maybe, you know, the explanation could almost be that it was staring her in the face the whole time, but it was maybe sort of that moment where it just finally like clicked in her head, especially because he had just proposed and said he wanted a clean break when he moved there. And I don't know, maybe it. I mean, my way of sort of. Uh, playing devil's advocate to the writers would just be that it was, um, you know, just finally clicked for her. But, but I definitely, I 100% see where you're coming from and definitely think it was, uh, you know, a little rushed. And, and maybe that's just the casualty of a 10 episode tightly knit yeah. season, as opposed to, you know, maybe if this was a, a typical, even 13 or 14 episodes, we maybe would have got another episode in between where she would have kind of picked up on some body language or some conversations between the two of them. But Right, because, I mean, we haven't even seen her for a few episodes. So right. it's like, you know, they kind of do a lot of heavy lifting in this one to be like, hey, here's how we met. Here's how I feel. Let's right. get married. And, you know, all the way to, you know, their whole sort of relationship, like from beginning to end, is played out in this episode. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and I guess... <sighs> Even, even, I, I guess I would nitpick it the other way if they drug it out. So I, I, th- oh, I, think, I, I definitely would. Yeah, I, I think this is probably the lesser of two evils. Like, okay, if you're gonna yeah. go, if you have to go down that road for story, then this is probably the better way to do it. Just do it. Then yeah. to drag it out over six or seven episodes, and we're like, oh god, here we go again. You know that kind yeah, of yeah. Like, where are you? Why are you so distant? Or just yeah, yeah. Just, especially because it sort of makes her by doing that, it always sort of ends up making the you know, the female character somehow like, I don't know, just like petty. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I, I appreciate them not doing that to their female characters, like not yeah. making them petty or no, jealous or anything. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, cause even when she, she clearly realized it when she offered Peggy to be able to stay there for a few days, you know, I, I truly think that she has like no animosity towards Peggy, right, right? which is very refreshing, you know, that the writers aren't going to that well. Um, because, you know, she's an intelligent person, like, she gets it. It's not, you know, if anything, it's Sousa who's to blame for sure. sort of stringing, you know, both of them along in a way, especially Violet. Um, right. But, yeah, I, I I appreciate her. You know, I thought all things considered, you know, she had a very rational reaction to sort of realizing that the person who proposed to her earlier in the day is, you know, in love with, <laughs> you know, his coworker. Right. You know, um so, yeah, it's yeah, it, I'm sure it, it definitely could have been handled uh, in a maybe more. Uh, I don't want to say obvious way, but yeah, in a way that it made it it click for her in a more obvious way. But yeah, it's like you're saying, I would I would rather that than them drag it out for for weeks and weeks just yeah. to reach the same conclusion. And it's funny when when they get Peggy back to to the house and. Jarvis kind of gets her settled in. Did you notice the picture of Howard, like the painting of Howard? No, I couldn't. I couldn't stop noticing it (laughs) the whole time she was having her sort of heart to heart with uh, Jason at the end. And it's just staring. (laughs) There's Howard. It was I I have to I have to imagine that was like a purposeful thing. But I like that even in this really sort of serious, dramatic moment in an episode that was kind of like nonstop funny. Like, you know, we just got the reveal of that we were just talking about with Violet and Sousa. And then it goes to you know, her recuperating and, and this emotional moment with, you know, Jason and the whole while there's this hilarious portrait of Howard just staring at both of them. Like it's not even a good portrait. Like it's not a good painting. Yeah. It's terrible. (laughs) (laughs) And, 
and the fact that that's just like in her bedroom too like he's yes. watching her when she sleeps yes. makes it even you know creepier and yeah i i love that i mean that was a, whatever set designer you know put that there that that was genius <laughs> to me it's almost like howard practicing like that was his 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 diversion for a little while was painting right like, oh you know, i howard, guarantee yeah he painted that <laughs> howard, howard wanted to be an artist oh god i i hope I would love for that to sort of be like a running gag throughout the rest of the season. It's just that maybe throughout the house, we just, just see sort of like bad portraits of him. And maybe it's referenced towards the end whenever he comes back. Yes. Like, oh, this isn't like your self-portrait painting phase, is it? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that would uh, that would be great. Hopefully that goes up. Hopefully one of the cast members takes that home with them. Oh, yeah. Or it goes up for sale on uh, eBay or something. Yeah. It's too funny. Uh, but then the doc starts to dematerialize. So I guess the the zero matter he absorbed was temporary, um, and he's he's just flat out vanishes. Um, yeah, yeah. I I'm still of the mind that you know the zero matter is it's sort of like another dimension. You know, yeah, like the dark dark force dimension. You know, and that he's trapped there, and he's only able to sort of like. Uh, you know, visually manifest in our plane and that that's where, you know, everything's getting sucked into and things like that. So yeah, I'm wondering if he's, he got pulled back there and yeah, I, I don't know. I wonder how they're going to, I don't know. I, I can't imagine them doing like an episode where they somehow transport into another dimension. Yeah, I don't, but yeah. um, yeah, I wonder how they're going to sort of investigate that and whether that means Howard's coming back in the next episode or two. I would, I, yeah, I haven't heard anything, but I would imagine that Howard. I haven't either, but it, who else could? I mean, Jason is the authority on that, you know, and now he's gone. So. Yeah, I would think he'd be back at least, if nothing else, for the finale. Like, I, I don't think we saw the last of Howard in the. No, no, not at all. I'm sure he'll be back for the finale, but yeah. Oh, I here just... we go, episode eight. Oh, okay. Oh, he's, so not he's even mentioned the in uh, in episode eight. So. Okay. Well, and one of the things that we didn't really talk about is. Next week is going to be two episodes. It's going to be episodes six and seven. Oh, I didn't realize they're doubling up. Yeah, they're airing them together, which is interesting because we thought that it would maybe be a double finale. But it looks like just for some reason in the middle of the season, they're doubling them up. So, yeah, yeah that's you right. might want to. Like, it looks like we're getting two doubles. in a, At least for IMDb, we're getting episodes six and seven on the 16th and eight and nine on the 23rd. Oh, so they're doubling it up twice. I didn't even realize yeah, that. Yeah, and then March 1st we'll get, uh, allegedly, the, the finale. The finale. That, that's really interesting that the finale would be one episode. Because you would think that would need to be I would think, but that's to IMDb, too, so take that that's with, true, a, but with a bit of a grain. The, I know the 6 and 7 is definitely happening. Cause yes. Because that was, um, yeah. I, I know MCU Exchange talked about that, and that was... Um, that was like an official thing from ABC that released that. So next week we do get two episodes. So I'm, I'm guessing something big must be happening if they're doubling up the episodes, or I wonder if it was just a matter of the schedule being pushed back and they just sort of had to say, all right, well, we're just going to cram. We're just going to release these two. Right. But I mean, you know, we're getting towards the end, so I, I wouldn't be surprised if there's sort of like a, you know, a plot through line in the next two episodes. And maybe because the ratings haven't been that hot, they're just like, look, let's just burn, let's just burn through. I don't, I don't know. Well, I don't know because I mean they'd have to do it anyway. You know, they're up against the March eighth, you know, Shield premiere. So that's true. Yeah, they would have to somehow. They'd have to do it. I'm just, I'm wondering if there's a reason that it's six and seven on the same week versus, a you know, a two hour finale. Yeah. So I'm wondering if, you know, plot wise, there's something about these two episodes, or it's just that. At some point, they had to put two of them together, and that's just the one they picked, you know. I wonder if there's a, you know, speaking of politics and stuff, I wonder if there's like a big set of primaries or something maybe on on March the 1st that they're worried about. Because that's like the first Tuesday of the month. So that's maybe they're worried point. that. Because those are usually at 9 o'clock. Yeah, well, yeah. So maybe they're thinking, you know, that rather than kind of butt in, because the show will be on at 9 Eastern, 8 Central. Polls usually close at seven in the in the local zone, so maybe right. they're thinking that'll give time. You know, if, if if they go to local coverage or there's some interruption or whatever, it won't it won't 
kind of Could bumped be. the show. Yeah, that's yeah, it's it's having to dance around a lot of stuff, but yeah, but I guess you know most shows, uh, you know, don't run every single week like this. So right, right. That's uh, they usually get bumped off a week for those sorts of things. So they're trying to like dance around them while still actually airing it. So yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess I guess we'll see next week. But I mean, I I would imagine that Wilk's sudden disappearance will. I definitely think they're not going to open the episode and not mention that. So oh, sure, yeah. that might be the uh, thrust of the next couple episodes is, is really diving into that and figuring out what's going on, especially now that they know they, you know, flat out know that Whitney has some sort of crazy zero matter powers. So yeah, for sure. Yeah, it should. Uh, yeah, it'll be interesting. I definitely, um, I'm, I, I'd say I'm more excited than ever uh to to tune into next week i mean like i sort of said last week that you know i enjoy each episode but i'm not exactly amped for the next one but that's this week i definitely think i'm excited to to see where things get moving next week especially as we're in the second half of the season and moving towards the finale potentially series finale agreed oh i was uh a little bit of feedback since we've, we've got a little bit of time here. I figured, you know, that's pretty much the episode proper. We'll do a little bit yeah. of a little bit of Facebook feedback. I put a, a thread up uh, earlier today uh, about the episode. Um, it looks like we got a, Nicholas responded, said, loved it. Loved the team Peggy assembled. Uh, hope to see group missions like this again, uh, which is, you know, we, we definitely talked about that. Uh, this mm-hmm. episode so we're we're in agreement there. Um, not this past week, but the week before I was live tweeting so far, I've been, I've been live tweeting the episodes this, this season. Um, but, but I was, I was kind of tweeting stuff out and, and one of the longtime listeners of the show, Mary Kirk was saying that she hopes that the season ends, you know, this season ends with her fully transitioning to shield like that. Basically this is the, that we actually see, see the switch from SSR to shield. I, I kind of responded, I responded back to her and said, "Mm, I, I mean, I have no information on this, but I don't see that happening. Um, I I don't either, and I think it's kind of a product of them not knowing whether they're canceled or not. Yeah, yeah. I mean, with, which ten, with ten episodes, they're all pretty much in the can before you know they even start. Yeah, you know, start airing. So yeah, and that's one of those. That's one of the tough things with a show like this is you sort of want to save that moment for the end of the series, but they sort of don't know when that's going to be. So it, I, I do wonder if we're going to sort of miss out on that moment. If they do get, if they don't get picked up for another season, if we'll sort of miss out on them being able to, to shoot that moment. Um, or I wonder if they might do something. I don't think it would be impossible for them to do some sort of short web thing where they, um, you know, like sort of wrapped up the story or something almost like, a sort of a spiritual sequel to the one shot. Right. Right. Yeah. Kind of like a movie of the week kind of thing. Yeah. Or even just a short, I don't know, you know, 10, 15 minute thing just to sort of wrap up her story, you know? But, um, yeah, I, I, I think anything's sort of possible. I mean, Marvel definitely always seems open to doing all sorts of different methods of, uh, you know, promoting these characters and, and little bits of media. So I, I hope that if it does get canceled, we sort of get like a, like a little capper on her, on her story, or at least that time period. So, yeah, we talked about Netflix before, so who knows? Maybe Netflix will say, you know what, we'll commission a two-hour, uh, you know, That's wrap true. this up, you know, thing. It's yeah. it's definitely not unheard of. I mean, they've they've picked up lots of other series. You know, they did that with like the Clone Wars, airing the final season, and yeah, it's given their relationship. I I I see that as a pretty solid possibility all things considered so yep yep uh from the last uh episode that we put up we got a little bit of feedback ross chaplin another another longtime listener of the show um was kind of talking about our analysis on thompson um and he he thinks you know he kind of siding on the you know that he knows exactly what he's doing he said I'll just read what he says. He says, at the start of the season one, they had attempted the bank sting. Peggy wouldn't be allowed within 100 miles of the bank. Now I think Thompson knows what she can do and just how good she is because he left her as the last line of defense. And he didn't even consider anyone else for the L.A. gig, 
which despite the fact the show is called Agent Carter, says something. Yeah, um, that's that's a good point. So yeah, so I think it kind of gets back to what I was saying, and and that the hope is is that Thompson, this is all kind of a, a, a ruse, like uh, you know Thompson is is being purpose purposefully douchey just to kind of uh, you know throw th- you know throw the you know the you know Vernon off off his scent, right? Least, right. You know, put him on his scent that he's a team player when he's really not. So yeah, I, I would sort of I, I would say the only. And and I, I agree with those. I agree that he's obviously like in doing that he's he's made some steps, but that sort of doesn't excuse like you're saying his douchey behavior towards her. And if the whole thing was a ruse, the only sort of problem is he sent her off to L.A. before Vernon even showed up in his life. I mean, he was yeah he was clearly reacting to you know I mean you see when she's interrogating Dottie and those other agents are sort of hero worshiping you know, Carter and he's frustrated. And then, you know, he finds out that, you know, he knows there's something going on between Susan and her. So that seemed like a little vindictive. It, it sort of just seemed like a little of both, like he trusts her and he definitely wasn't just putting her out there like for a laugh, but at the same time, like he sort of wanted his chance to shine away from her. And right. I, I, I get that, you know, I get that from a character perspective of wanting to, um, you know, stand on his own terms. And I think he knows that as much as he sees himself as this amazing agent, like she's more than he'll ever be. Right. And, but I I don't think that completely, you know, rules out the possibility that everything he's done since then is just him playing it up, you know, for the sake of this. So I I definitely think that can still happen, but yeah, I mean, you know, fair point. He, he's, he's hasn't gone exactly back to what he was in season one, but, um, you know, and he obviously values Peggy to some degree. He just needs to get better at uh, showing that, you know, because it, it's no fun to watch, I think, is sure. the main problem. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. It, it's yeah. kind of like the um, it's, it's it's almost like when it, when a character is that way, whether it's male or female, it just really puts me off. And it's mm-hmm. kind of like and we've I, I don't know if we talked this about uh, or talked about this before, but I watched the pilot of Supergirl back when and Callista Flockhart plays that. Um, you know, typical, you know, crabby boss, uh, sure, you know, yeah. Devil Wears Prada, you know, exactly. Meryl Streep oh, yeah. kind of character. It, and that just makes yeah. me want to stab my eye out because I can't. Yeah. Like when people act that way, and I know people, there are people in real life that do act that way. I'm not, I'm sure. not trying to say they don't. But for me, when I have to sit there and just, it just makes me so uncomfortable and makes me like physically want to just like hit somebody, um, you know, for, for people being that you know, inconsiderate and mean and nasty to everyone around them and feeling that right. entitlement. I just, I can't take that like week after week after week. Exactly. Um, because there's, it just, it, it'd be one thing if that's how they start out and then they're won over. But the longer you drag that out, like the more tedious it becomes Yeah. for us, you know, watching it and knowing that this isn't just a real person. This is somebody wrote this, you know, someone's making this decision every week to make this character react this way and not grow and put up a roadblock when everybody else in the show is on board. It just sort of becomes, again, in season one, it made sense because that was the whole sort of theme and the whole thing she was fighting against. And that's kind of everybody was like that. And it was only eight episodes. Right. And and again, this is only 10 and he hasn't been in a lot. So it's, again, you know, it's right. it's not like we're, it's a major, major gripe by any means, despite all the time we're spending on it. But right, yeah. it is just one of those things where it's like, you know, you want more from these characters we want to invest in these characters and we this isn't he's not a bad guy you know he's not vernon masters so it's sure. you know or ray wise's character and you know so to see him continually do that when we know he can be better it just it, it just becomes frustrating and, and it just makes it tiresome whenever he's on screen because he's not really offering anything as a character so if if there is some big reveal that he's been in on it all along I really feel like that needs to come like in the next episode or two because it sort of doesn't forgive everything he's done when at the last episode he's like, oh yeah, by the way, I was in on it the whole time. And it's just like, well, we still had to sit through you being shitty for a whole season. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, you know, I, I hope that if that's the reveal the writers are waiting for, then we, uh, you know, I'd like to get to that <laughs> instead of dragging it out. But, but yeah. <laughs> Agreed. <laughs> 
All right. Uh, well, that's that's all I had. I don't know if there's anything you. No. Yeah. I think we. Uh, I think we covered it. Cool. Well, we'll be back then next week. We'll have two episodes uh, to talk about. Yeah. I didn't. I didn't realize that since I didn't watch it live. I didn't catch the the next uh, the next on. So I wasn't. I don't. I haven't even uh, watched the the look ahead. So. Yeah. I haven't. I haven't seen that yet either. I just. Uh, I just saw it on uh, the MCU Exchange behind the scenes. Uh, it was being talked about so uh and i i'm sure that's probably up on the site too so uh yeah mcuexchange.com of course for all those great tidbits of news yeah definitely check that out uh and then again facebook group uh facebook.com slash mcu podcast uh you can follow uh the the podcast on twitter at mcu underscore podcast uh the mcu exchange twitter i think it's at mcu exchange correct yes yeah Mm -hmm. So definitely follow that. Uh, like I said, I typically live tweet out the show. I, I believe next week I'll probably be live tweeting both episodes. So, uh, so definitely check awesome. that out and uh, interact. I usually, I know Nicole's uh, from MCU Exchange is always live tweeting. So I usually retweet stuff that she tweets out, and, and uh, there's always good stuff there. So definitely check that out. Um, and uh, leave us an iTunes review. We haven't had any new iTunes reviews in a while. Uh, so if you haven't left an iTunes review for the show, please do. Uh, it it helps us get recognized uh, within the iTunes community, which is which is great. Um, and yeah, so that's it. So uh, thanks everybody for listening, and we will catch you next week on It's All Connected. <laughs>